But, you know, Jersey in the 80s, I don't know. It's just not a safe place. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Geek Chew, podcast where we chew over the geeky things that we love. I'm Eamon. And I'm Charlene. And our intro music is by my brother, Ryan. And this week we watched quite a few movies, I guess. We hit up some oldies, Casablanca, the first two installments of Bill and Ted in preparation for our the third installment. <laughs> right. <laughs> the third installment. <laughs> uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music, which we watched. And a couple documentaries, uh, Class Action Park and Speed Cubers, mm-hmm. which are both very good. And we also finally went to the movies. We saw the New Mutants, but right, uh, worth it. Yeah, I think it was a, a good experience. Right? Yes. We can talk about how much we like the movie, I guess, later. But forty percent capacity theater. Everybody seemed to be on board with the the mask wearing for the most part, except for the eating concessions. And I don't know, it seemed relatively safe. Like we were in the back. It's a big theater. Like the Dolby has those huge seats and there's really, it's pretty easy to be away from other people. Mm-hmm. And I thought the experience of going to the movies was, was nice. Yes, I agree. I think Jake is going to need some time to like reacclimate maybe. He just didn't seem like, as into it as he usually is. Yeah, and the, just, the loud but I also, the volume seemed to bother him more than it usually did. I wonder if that's Used because to. he wasn't super like excited about going to see this movie. It was Maybe. not one that was on his like list that he when he asks to go and we were like, hey, we're and he was like excited to go to the movies, but maybe this one he was just kind of like, Yeah. But yeah, I mean ultimately I thought it was worth it too. Yeah, and it was just nice to be back at that. Like, I know it's kind of like a, I don't know if I'd say controversial, but you know, some people are really like against returning to any kind of normal day to day activity. Right. Well, yeah. Well, especially things that aren't, um, a necessity to do. It was fun though. I I had fun. I really, I I really liked it too. And we're going back. So whatever. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. Speaking of want to be okay. So I, this morning, I made a couple of cans of tuna fish for lunch uh, to make a sandwich, and one of them was dented. And for some reason, I couldn't get it out of my head that maybe I shouldn't use the dented can because of botulism, because someone once brought me a can when I worked in the store, and they were like, here, I brought this to you, you know, because botulism. And like, that's something that's always in the back of your head. I don't know why it like stuck with me today. never in the back of my head. (laughs) It just stuck with me today for some stupid reason. Maybe my anxiety is really high. But like, even when I pulled out my sandwich at lunch to eat it, I was like. Taking a real risk here. I really was. (laughs) I was like, well, I, I need to stop being silly about it. But I guess we'll find out if. I'm being worried for no reason or not. I wonder how long those symptoms take to set in. Well, I think I'm okay. Okay, good. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty deadly, right? It's... I have no idea. <laughs> I think that's the problem. <laughs> well, I think it's okay. If I don't wake good. up tomorrow, don't eat the tuna that's in the fridge. <laughs> 
I'm just writing that down. <laughs> so uh, I guess we would be remiss if we didn't at least bring up the fact that a few days ago we got an alert on our phones that Chadwick Boseman had passed away from colon cancer after fighting that for four years. That's crazy. Which was a crazy thing. Did anybody even knew, know that he had colon cancer? No. Or that was, he was sick? I guess he was pretty private person and you know whatever group of friends he had that did know it didn't it didn't make its way into kind of common public knowledge it's just weird how much something like that can affect you i saw a lot of remembrances and i listened to a couple podcasts and a bunch of clips about past speaking engagements that he had and he just seemed like such a good person like he's Mm -hmm. fame came pretty late in life for him he was 43 uh i know he'd been in several movies before he really before he really made it big with black panther i i mean i would say that that yeah obviously catapulted him to another level of stardom but he just seemed really thoughtful and intelligent and and it was a real bummer to like go into tegan's room and say hey did you see this news and she had and she was kind of devastated it seemed at the time which was which is always tough to deal with with your kids too right i mean even just when we went to see Infinity War and people, all their the heroes that she had grown up with started uh, disintegrating. That was and that then was it was rough. like now this and then it was like roll credits, right? And then she was like, "What the yeah, yeah. tears just streaming down her face, tears." But this is something different, and it's just kind of a a shock. And and we went back and watched Black Panther. I don't know if you saw the. I think I started it while you were still asleep, but you came out and finished it with me uh, on the over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's such a good movie and all. Yeah, even your mom liked it. <laughs> That's saying something, yeah. Uh, especially for superhero movies, but. Yeah, it's just, it's just really, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, he really left, uh, I think, like a really important legacy. Uh, when you hear people talk about what that movie meant to them, you know, especially, especially for underrepresented people in the population. And yeah. I don't know. It was a. Uh, it was tough, but I just thought we should at least mention it, right? Kind of, yeah, because it was important to us too. Yeah, and um, I don't know. We did also moving on to I don't know how to transition out of that. So we did pick our new book club book. It's it's actually our first reread for a book club, right? Book, right? One of my favorite books ever. Have you read it more than once? Yes, I have not. I read it the one time, but I read it more than once, like. A long time ago already. Yeah. Like it's it's been a while. Yeah. It's The Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman. And I've I've started it. I've only made it through the uh the prelude mm-hmm. or wherever that's labeled, but I did I didn't know how much I was gonna remember when I did pick it up. I, re- I definitely remember the intro, so it was that's at least something. You know, I barely remember anything. <laughs> so we're excited about that. But I think it's a pretty short book and we've read it before and we're both really excited to read it again. So we might be able to um, work it in a little sooner than, you know, some of our other yeah, gaps. Yeah, like in two months book. from now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, so other than that, I don't know if you did anything without me this week, but um, I did watch I May Destroy You, the first three episodes on HBO, which I think the first, well, it might only be a one season thing, but there are 12 episodes they just finished up. And all I've heard over the uh, time that it's been airing is how good it is. It's the show by Michaela Cole. She, I think, wrote and stars in. And it it is good. It's very real. And 
just very well written, you know, really smart. But obviously we're not going to talk about it because we haven't both seen it. Right. I just wanted to say that I am getting into it. I'm going to I'm going to make my way through the first season and it, it is good. It's worth it. So well, I, I finished Dune, an audiobook yeah. today and I have thoughts. So I really need you get on that to get on it. It's it's only like 20 something hours. Huh? <laughs> yes. just, I'll just carve out some time this Saturday and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll knock it out. You can do that while you're doing so many other things. Like, yeah. Take it, take it to the mall. I'm super excited for that. Uh, anyway, just, yeah. it's yeah, fine. Uh, it's a good week to finish it though. Cause movies getting closer. They're releasing images this week. People are making a big deal about it. I know. I saw some, I don't know which or people, one. but I know that they are. Yeah, um, I, I just I need I need to be able to talk to you about this. <laughs> you you really just need to like have so the information. Once I've read it, mm-hmm. do we have to watch the David Lynch movie? Oh, I don't know. In preparation, for I've never seen it. So the new movie by Denny Villeneuve, and then also to discuss different. Uh, yeah, maybe whole. let's 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 do that. Okay. Um. Yeah, I've never seen that other that movie. Um, at one point I owned all of the Dune books, but only ever read the first one. Um, and those are long gone now. I think they were donated a while ago. Yeah. I don't know that I need to continue with this series, but yeah. maybe not. Probably not. Almost <laughs> definitely not. Um, but I, I can see, and I remember why I loved this book, but like, I just, I need you to. I just, I have thoughts. I'm a different person than I am when I first read it. So, Um, but other than that, yeah, you mentioned we watched Casablanca. Yeah, 1942. Who knew? Like I knew. I mean, a lot of people knew. We just didn't know. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) But watching it, it's kind of wild that it was in the middle of World War II. Right. Well, it's just so interesting because it's like being filmed before they know the outcome of the war. And so, like, it's just interesting to try to picture watching that in a theater without knowing what was going to happen in the future. It's, it's It was just, like, really weird to think about it like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just always, I guess it's not the first time that, that we've seen it. I just always kind of assumed that it was filmed after all the events of the yeah. day, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's I mean, it's still a great movie. Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman the whole thing was super enjoyable to watch again. Cause it's not like we watch it all the time. It's been, Oh yeah. It's one, know, 20 it, something years. Since just I a, watched it. It's a very rewatchable movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure. Also really great thing that we watched this week. Two really great things. Actually one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was going to say we watched them both. I'm just going for accuracy here. Okay. We, we watched two documentaries, one of which, we could have talked about last episode, but we just didn't uh, didn't remember. Right, which is why. Which I don't know why because love I love this documentary. Yeah. So, so Speed Cubers on Netflix. Everyone should watch. It's not super long. It's not. It's not super long. Uh, directed by Sue Kim, it's a forty-five minute documentary about competitive speed cubing. I mean, that's the Rubik's cubes. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know speed cubing was like a thing. Right. No, me either. But it's pretty impressive now that we know that it is. Yeah, do you to, think speed cubing would be a thing before like YouTube? Probably not, right? Because. Oh, I, I bet it was. I don't know how. Uh, well, I don't know how competitive it would have been like where you're like 
don't know. There's communities do- around all kinds of like things that we don't really yeah, associate guess. ourselves with, right? I just I think it makes it easier because you like can see right at that time. Like the one-handed speed cubing is so weird. Like I mean, it was so cool. I didn't know that. Like they're like, okay, also let's try this. Yeah, I, I mean, all this. kinds of different categories, right? Different. Yeah. Size cubes. Different size cubes and average time speed or fastest time speed. Right. I think we are making it sound super boring though. No, yeah. The best part is not the speed cubing, (laughs) although it's a very cool setting for the 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 relationship that the, the movie kind of revolves around. Which are these two basically kids, right? I mean, they kind of grow up uh, well, together a Felix, little bit. Felix, no longer a kid. Right. He's like now. So Felix Zemdegs is this, um, I don't know, icon of the speed cubing world. And he holds all these world records. And He did hold all of these world right. records, right? And so Max Park is the other main character of this story. And he's been diagnosed with autism uh, at a very young age. And it kind of goes into what his parents were dealing with when he was super young and how they found speed cubing and how that helped him. And he kind of. Right. They did it for dexterity. And he found a role model in Felix and really looked up to him as he was growing up. Right. Because Felix was like the cool kid of speed cubing. And got into these and Max got into these competitions. And as he got better and better and started breaking all these records, Felix and Max fell into each other's orbit and became friends. And they have this really interesting relationship that's... Right, like, ultimately, like, Felix is Max's hero, like, of the universe. Right. And because of him, he now has exhibited, or like, behaviors and um, normal things that typically functioning people would do are things that, like... Felix brought out in him. Um, I thought some of the most interesting things were like, um, like all the the worry that the parents felt about how Max might react to things, but they just had to like let him do it. Um, yeah, I don't know if we've ever like if we've ever talked about it specifically on the the podcast, but Jake is autistic, and so you know, anytime we're watching real life stories about. Families with kids with special needs, especially autism. Yeah, it's very, um, it's very close to home. It's very emotional. You know, Courtney was at home with us at the time. He's obviously not here anymore. Yeah. We went and dropped him off at school. Um, terrible. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> I, I can tell Jake misses him. It's really sad. Yeah. But like, they do show his his reaction to kind of underperforming in, in a, a competition and how much it upset him when he was, you know, when he was younger and it kind of develops and, you know, yeah. you kind of see how he grows from that experience, which is amazing. And I don't know, Courtney's crying, like I'm crying, like you're kind of stone faced, cold killer. But <laughs> <laughs> I was misty eyed. I just, I don't, we all know I don't cry at a lot of things. I'll, I'm more likely to if there aren't like other people in the room and if there's like some really sad music going along with it. But like, <laughs> I, I just, know. this is just not me. I, I am more prone to like, the tearful tearfulness when it's like real stories. But, um, this one, it was, this one was like a heart ringer or something. Yeah. It it twisted me up, but in a good way. And it's just, it's such a good short documentary and it's, yeah. And I, I really love Felix talking to Max, just like he's like a regular kid, you know, um, who he knows is, you know, a little different, like they were all at dinner and 
and he like you know helps and yeah. and tells <laughs> and he tells Max like don't forget to eat your vegetables like hey right. <laughs> he was like hey some vegetables Max like you know he's such a just a good influence in this kid's life and uh, it's just so beautiful the story it was good yeah. <laughs> it was so good and when I was when I was reading an article about it I did see that Netflix had put out a couple of shorter documentaries and we watched a couple of them. The one was the Claudia Kishi club. The, Ugh, and that I one know. was good. I, I like that one. These are like 15 minute documentaries. Yeah. The other one I didn't now, care, care about that. John was trying to contact aliens. Not, not our cup of tea. I, I can see how some other people might enjoy it a right. little more than we did, but I'm surprised the, the that you wanted to club. watch the babysitter club one just cause like, that's obviously no books that you've ever read. Right. Right. No, I, no, I but Claudia is the only character I remember. I mean, seems like that was the case for a lot of people. Right now, especially. Like, I never really identified as Asian until I was like older and realized that I wasn't white, which most, you know, I mean, that's probably strange for a lot of people, but like, you know, um, just the community I grew up in and my dad's white and he's the one who raised me and all this stuff. And so like, um, I didn't identify with Claudia because she was um, an Asian character who's like really cool, which you never saw. Um, but I appreciate that in retrospect, right? Uh, anyway, that was super good, but not as good as Beekewers, which right. well, is actually awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the An- other another awesome documentary, yeah, Class Action Park. Right. This one's on HBO. I think we might have cried from tears of laughter. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's a really interesting documentary about this 1980s water park. I mean, I guess it started late 70s, but really it's like an 80s water park in New Jersey. Right, to compete with Orlando. <laughs> right. Realistic. Well, I don't re- I mean, I don't remember much about what like Disney was like and Orlando was like in the 80s, but like I'm it sure It probably wasn't a death trap. But <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely not probably. Um but also like it wasn't quite as built up as as it is now right like but so that was kind of like the idea was that they were gonna have like something that was competitive to yeah and to what we I have don't know, down here it, it was is super funny because they have uh because they've gathered a bunch of people who either work there or have these remembrances and the chris gethard yeah he's a comedian so yeah. like and his delivery while deadpan hilarious although it's like tragic like all these yeah, stories does, are tragic. It, I mean, I think I think the first 45 50 minutes were a lot funnier than the last oh, uh yes. 40 40 minutes which really does kind of delve into the the issues that the park had with how it was run by basically just run by teenagers and the stuff that they got away with and how dangerous the park actually was and how many people got hurt or actually died. It was just it was it was super super crazy and I don't know. It's narrated by John Hodgman and they have all these like crude cartoons through the movie that are pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, also <laughs> as they kind of demonstrate the, the wild stuff that went on in this park. But yeah, I don't it know. Was, I would definitely recommend watching that documentary cause it was awesome. Yeah. Um, maybe when Courtney comes back to visit, we'll rewatch it with him cause I bet he'll get a kick out of it too. But it yeah. was like, I mean like you just can't, you kind of can't believe that like that could have been allowed to happen. But it was, and it it happened. It's crazy. That's like the craziest thing of all. Yeah, is that like it's a true story. <laughs> yeah, it it was wild, and I think they pulled off the balance pretty well. I, like, I agree. You know how how people saw the park and how they experienced it, uh, but also balancing that with the uh, the real life effects of what happens when 
when rules are kind of discarded in pursuit of money and whatever, whatever else is going on there. But you know, Jersey in the eighties, I don't know. It's just not a safe place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Didn't you? Live? No, you were in Jersey in the eighties, right? 89 is basically, uh, <laughs> it's basically out of the woods at that point. Did you have anything else for class action park? No, it was, it was, it was a good watch. Um, I just, I, I just, I really did laugh really hard. Like it was just unbelievable. Yeah, that is exactly what it was. So we also watched the new Bill and Ted movie, Bill and Ted face the music to prep. We watched Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. I tried to get Tegan cause she was interested in face the music. She was like, Oh, that looks pretty good. And I was like, yeah, we should watch the originals. And she, was, and she fell asleep. Well, and she yeah. was like, wait, there were originals. Right. <laughs> I mean, 89 and 91, I think, were the uh, Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey. Uh, 88. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, uh, because it is. But Bill and Ted were never like a huge part of my movie watching experience when I was a kid. It was not one of those movies that I watched over and over again. In fact, I don't think I had even seen Bogus Journey until a few days ago. <laughs> but obviously, I was super excited for Bill and Ted facing music because Keanu Reeves and uh, just the nostalgia of it, I think, is obviously a huge pull. Yeah. Uh, for I was going to say anybody. I'm pretty. I'm sure it's not a pull for anybody. But uh, you know, if it works on me, it works on a lot of other people as well. Because it wasn't even my thing. Um, that was one that we. I mean, I didn't watch it over and over again. It, it was not Encino Man. The classic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was something though that like. My my dad, as far as movie watching went, like those were the kinds of movies that he would take us to see, like the f- comedies like that. Um, and so uh, I know that we did see Bogus Journey, but like I don't, I hadn't really remembered anything about it at all. I just remember that it existed. So I guess we could say that my initial watch really was this week too, because I didn't remember anything, but that was a definitely a tougher watch. It, yeah, it was. I, I mean, I think the best part of Bogus Journey is death, right? Yeah, and there's some, who they bring back. There's some the, like good good parts. Good parts. Yeah. But overall, overall, not great. Right, which is maybe why they didn't make a third one back then. Right, uh, and you know, I I listened to a podcast where they interviewed Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter for the uh, for the new one, and they they took it like pretty seriously as far as coming back and not wanting to just, they didn't want to do a money grab. Obviously Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter don't need any additional money coming in for what else has Alex Winter projects. done? I mean, definitely well, Keanu he's a director Reeves, now, but, you know, he, oh. he directed that um, documentary on HBO about the uh, child stars from the 1980s. I don't remember what it was called, but oh, I did. I, I talked yeah, about I it need briefly to with see you that. the other day. Yeah. But the other it was, day, I think yeah. that was like four months ago. <laughs> No, it was like <laughs> six weeks ago, max. Mm. Trust me. Anyway, my ma- <laughs> steel trap. The, uh, the movie itself, though, was, uh, you know, pretty enjoyable. I I, thought, I it, thought it was pretty well done. Like, I'll tell you what I didn't. I think Keanu Reeves is so far away from that character. He, re- he wasn't a really believable Ted anymore. Yeah, I I guess so. It was, I think they kind of allude to that even in the, uh, in the movie itself where he's, cause you know, basically they're traveling through time and they visit these future versions of themselves and how he even interacts with himself yeah. 
later in the movie, he's like, I, don't I feel really like know I never to, really like, get to know to you. you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know who we are, really. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was very meta, I guess. But Yeah, it's just um, that was a lot more like, I don't know, I see Keanu Reeves now as like more stoic. He d- he looked very strange without the beard. I'll tell yeah. you that. Like, <laughs> I wish they just let him have the beard, but I got was, used to it. He um, was just a lot looser in the first movies, like just oh, physically, sure. even yeah. like. And I know that he's well, older me now, and John but Wayne like probably takes a toll. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes it hard to move around after <laughs> <laughs> after he's been beaten up so many times. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, but ultimately, I liked it. I liked the characters that of their daughters. I liked that they made them daughters. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think the daughters were one of the better parts of 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 the movie because they're reflections of Bill and Ted, but also kind of more serious as far as music goes, and that all kind of works into the um, the storyline and the song that saves the world and Samara Weaving, who we've talked about a lot recently because we watched Guns Akimbo and then we had rewatched Ready or Not, and then Bridget Lundy Payne plays uh, Ted's. You know, Keanu Reeves' daughter. And she does a really good job basically being Keanu Reeves from 1988, right? Like a really good job. Like I feel like she captured that better than Keanu Reeves yeah. did, for sure. I know Kristen Shaw is always uh, fun when she shows up because Tegan always recognizes her too as, you know, a voice from some cartoon. Maeve. No, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot believe that you just said that. She's Mabel. Well, that's not what you just said. <laughs> You need, you need to cut my mistake out. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. It's already it's embedded. Maple from that. But my, she does a lot from of that voice Disney work, show. Though. Yeah, she does. Uh, but she was Rufus's daughter, and obviously they couldn't have George Carlin back. They kind of worked him in just as like a a hologram um, in a. It's like a statue. Museum display, yeah, I right? guess, but it was like out in the open. Yeah, and it was like just a telephone booth. Like nobody's gonna like take that for a ride. That's stupid. <laughs> and that is obviously what happened. Like the people in the future are so dumb. <laughs> Fact. Fact. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It was the other thing I really liked about uh, the movie was, I mean, they go back and collect all these different musicians throughout time, but they get Kid Cudi. And he's got some kind of deep, extensive knowledge about the time working of the space-time space time continuum. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed that part. Of that was it pretty also. funny. But I, it was just, it was 90 minutes. It was fun. It was it was good. Yeah, I, I also liked it. It was just fun. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. Moving on to something maybe less yeah. fun. I don't know. There were fun, fun-ish. Oh, there were definitely some fun things. Yeah. Okay. For sure. <laughs> so we're moving on to New Mutants. Yeah. Which obviously had some problems. Yes, um, it was problematic. And I think maybe we'll, we're probably going to feel the same way about certain things. Yeah, I think since we've been doing this podcast for about seven years, we probably <sighs> talked about the trailer when it came out in 2017. Holy crap. Crazy, right? And the trailer looked so good because it was these uh, X-Men characters, you know, lesser X-Men characters in a horror movie. And some of that horror stuff, even in the trailer, obviously didn't make it in the final cut. I can't imagine how much, well, I guess my impression is ultimately like the movie itself maybe didn't change as much as just there were so many problems during production and change might've been a good thing for it. Like the director, Josh Boone, and the movie was originally slated for release in 2018, but 
Like it sounds like they went through so many rewrites and they would bring people in to do some rewrites on the script that he had had his original idea for, and he would reject a bunch of them. And, you know, at one point they were talking about scrapping the whole movie. Right. Well, I think the timing also, because it, there was something to do with like changing hands. Yeah. So the Disney acquisition. Right. That did affect the timeline for release. Yeah. And also made it, so that they couldn't actually do reshoots for the movie because by the time uh, Disney had taken over and they were in a place where they could have done reshoots, they, the cast had like aged too much. Like these are all pretty, pretty young actors. Mm-hmm. In, they must, I mean, if it was slated, I mean, if the trailer came out in 2017, they were filming 2016, 2017 probably. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously at some point it's just going to be like, what happened to that person? And <laughs> right. why did they look uh, 20 years older? I know that's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When, when you're, when you're that age, you change a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so it comes with all that baggage and they're basically just holding on to it, waiting for a time to release it because even though it's COVID and everything's closed, there was there were clauses written in the contract that said it, it had to be released theatrically, right? Mm-hmm. So they couldn't just put it straight to VOD and hope that it just made some money. And I don't know, it was, uh, I mean, when you watched it, you could definitely tell that like they were going for something outside of the box from the original, like, cause it was, it was a Fox movie and Fox had done all these X-Men movies and it was definitely supposed to be something different. And ultimately it was, it's just, uh, I think, I think, I read I read this review and I can't remember if it was like a New York Times review or if it was a Guardian review or an Atlantic review because <laughs> I heard a few but I didn't write it down. But like I think one of the main things that stuck out to me there that I definitely agreed with was that this movie kind of genre-wise didn't really like pick one. You know? Um so it wasn't like to be a horror movie. It wasn't enough horror movie to make it like a good horror movie to be like a teen angsty. Yeah. And I heard it was coming of age story type thing, kind of breakfast clubby. Right. It, it wasn't enough I think of it was that. supposed to be horror slash breakfast club. And then ultimately they ended up writing out most of the breakfast club, John Hughes, teenage stuff in it and ended up with a, a weird like mishmash. Right. Yeah not like you were saying, not enough of any one thing to make it feel like a cohesive thing. Yeah. There were definitely some really fun things though. Yeah. So like, it, it's based on this demon bear saga by Chris Claremont and Bill Sinkowitz from a storyline, I think back in the eighties. And I, I don't know. I mean, I did like the, the base of the story, the, the demon bear and the fear and manifestation of fear. And I thought that was kind of a good baseline for, to build off of. And uh, I mean, obviously it's, it's supposed to be kind of a, a contained story. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're contained in this uh, asylum. I don't know. Which is like kind of asylum, a different, it's hospital. like, it's a, that's a difficult like setting to begin with. Right. Cause then they're kind of stuck. Like you're yeah. limited. They've limited themselves here anyway. And I did like kind of the premise of, Hey, these mutants are discovering their abilities and they are a danger to people because especially these particular mutants and their powers and they, they're not sure how to control them and they've hurt people. And so they consolidate them in this hospital and they're supposed to be training and seeing what their potential is for the future. And they all think that they're going to go be X-Men, but ultimately like, cause they make vague allusions to mm-hmm. like, 
you're going to, you know, my boss, he wants to know what you're capable of and eventually you move on to something else and they find out that that might not be exactly in in the cards for them. Yeah. I'm, it's tough because like whenever teen really likes something, I also want to really like it and be like supportive and, but it's getting harder because she just likes everything now and then later decides if she doesn't. But I think the things that what well, good about that this thing, that we like everything. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i think the the things that are i think we're becoming more mature viewers anyway even if we're not it doesn't matter we're allowed to like what we like but <laughs> um the stuff that she really liked about this i think really were the likable things right yeah i, I think so, so lockheed super cool this um sort of limbo world and like magic her character iliana I think that was really well done and it was visually like really vibrant and fun. Yeah. I would, I would say that Ileana is probably the best part of the movie and she's played by Anya Taylor joy who we've, who we know from like thoroughbreds and Emma. Right. I think she's fantastic. Yeah. She's a star. There's no way she would have been in this movie in 2020. I think it's safe to say. Right. I also think, uh, the part where (laughs) Sam's character, Charlie Heaton's character, Sam, like chains himself to a big block and then like go zoomies like, yeah, like the dogs. Ball, is that his name? Is <laughs> I, that... I have no idea. I have no idea. But it just like, it reminded me of like when the dogs get the zoomies. Yeah. <laughs> and he just was like, I gotta, I gotta yeah. burn off some energy here. And it, like that was, that was just like really weird. <laughs> it was just so random and weird and fun. I don't know. I like that. Yeah, I mean the cast is really good. Like we we talked about magic and I don't, her overt hostility to the kind of other main character or, or the um, Danny. I guess the main Moonstar. focus of the story, right, is is kind of weird. Like I understand a little bit as far as just kind of like a guarded jealousy kind of thing, maybe. But um, also, I mean, well, yeah, but also like she comes to understand that like this girl's like dangerous to all of them, right? Yeah, I will say one of the things I did want was, I mean, her sword was cool, but I wanted it to be like bigger in the, in the comic book. It's like, it's wide. It's like ridiculously long, or mm-hmm. at least some of the comic books. And I know that they have that um, kind of sword and other like anime stuff that I've, as a, yeah, as that would have been really, really cool if the sword was like huge. But, and then there's Maisie Williams as uh, Rain Sinclair or Wolfsbane, yeah. right? Or I don't know. She turns into a wolf. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I thought I thought her relationship with uh, Danny Danny Moonstar was was a good part of of the movie. Yeah, I feel like um, they're that's like underrepresented underrepresented in um, a lot of things, um, and it's well, especially comic book movies, right? Yes. And it's um, they put their relationship in there in just such a normal way where it does it's not like they don't make a big deal about it that's just they become close and and that's that you know which i liked yeah so i mean i think ultimately where i wound up with the movie was there were clearly some some issues with it i'm easily able to overlook those things and enjoy what's good about the movie yeah but that's just me because that's i mean that's how we are basically Mm -hmm. for most things but uh, I don't know. Did you have anything else for for um, New Mutants? No. I, I thought I might have for a second. Yeah. There, but, <laughs> but no, I don't. Uh, very excited. So 
kind of recording like at a weird time. We usually try to do this on Saturday or no, we usually try to do this on Sunday morning uh, and put it out earlier in the week, but we just didn't have time this week, but we had so much stuff to talk about and we've got so much exciting stuff coming up for this weekend that we definitely wanted to make sure we got it in because we're going to see Tenet tomorrow night, which is I, very exciting. I'm so excited to see yes. Tenet. And there's a new Charlie Kaufman movie coming out on Netflix. I'm thinking of ending things, which looks, it looks really good. It's so this guy wrote eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and being John Malkovich. And this movie has Jesse Buckley, who she's the girl in the movie. And I hadn't really seen her in much. And I saw that she was in season four of Fargo. And I was like, holy shit, season four of Fargo came out but it's coming out in September. <laughs> so I'm very excited about that. I know you haven't watched it, but I love I've Fargo. Watched bits. I've watched a little bit here and there. Did you? Yeah. It's it's so good. Uh, season three was kind of a, it was good, but it was hit and miss. So, but Jesse Plemons, who we love, Tegan's always like, yeah, that's the guy from Game Night. That's, <laughs> yeah, Tony Collette and David Thewlis. I mean, it's got a great cast. It looks very strange. I'm sure when we talk about it next week or this weekend, we'll kind of be like, we have a yeah. lot to say. So that I think that we'll, we will have a lot to say because think so? I think um, I'm starting to really enjoy these movies that deal with like mental health and like weird, weird reality stuff. You know? Yeah. What was the other one on Netflix that we were going to watch? Something about a horse. Horse girl. Horse girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one of those those kinds of movies that it, it, it looks really um, I don't know disturbing intense and interesting and disturbing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So great weekend planned <laughs> <laughs> and then also i think you're gonna catch up on sex criminals yes i don't know how far back you have to go so i just pulled I out don't from think it's issue as far back on. yeah i don't think it's as far back as that but it'll be a good refresher and yeah just like and so i think concerned. we have uh either we have through 29 or through 30 the last issue is obviously just skipping forward to 69 and i think that's supposed to come out next week so maybe not next week but You'll you'll catch up as fast as you can. The uh, I read the penultimate issue last week, and I don't know the the book is just I think important to us as yeah. far as like one of the first books that we really got into together when we both got into comic books again. I mean that was almost that was like seven years ago. We went to Heroes Con, we got them to uh, sign the first issue of Seth Criminals that we had, and we've got that framed on the wall. And I don't know, it's just it's been quite a journey. I mean, I think it was just one of those books that really kind of changed the way that maybe we looked at comic books and what comic books could do. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's been plenty. There's of so them. many, though. Yeah. There's so many. But this is this was at you know kind of the in the formative um, years of our our comic book reading, and it was it was just so different. And then we have all these not safe for work covers that we started mm-hmm. collecting. It's just really funny. Like everything, the art's funny. The the story's funny. I don't, the letters pages, I can kind of take it or leave it, but, um, there's a lot of them Mm -hmm. in in the back of those issues. I'm just, I'm excited to, to see how it wraps up. And, uh, the story really kind of develops and takes a left turn. I mean, they, they say in the, in the letters, uh, intro that like, I think as the story developed, they really changed direction of, of where it was going. But I think, like any other story, you know, it has its ups and downs and kind of lulls, but I think they're really finishing strong. So I'm excited. Well, I will get on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, because I, I can't wait to say that I just finished the penultimate book because it's one of my favorite words. 
<laughs> I, I thought about that when I was typing it out here. The, um, that it was one of my favorite words. Right. Yeah. So you're going to bring that up. No. To say that you read the final book. <laughs> because by the time we read it, it'll be the last one. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with you saying it. It just seems like you're really going to have to work it in. But I'll make unless it. it was your favorite issue, right? That we could go that Look, way. I don't need you <laughs> to set it up for me. I thought, thought we could just workshop it right here. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we should probably wrap it up, right? Yes. So that's it. Uh, if you want to rate, review, subscribe, that'd be great. And we're on Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> all that stuff. What are you laughing at? Oh, I don't know. Just that. That one specific person. I said you. <laughs> I've already subscribed. <laughs> Did you rate it and review it? No, that just seems gratuitous. Yeah, I suppose it's true. <laughs> uh, anyway, it was fun. It was smart. We liked it.